You're listening to the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. We talk sports because we know sports. All right, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Ron Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday and Isaac Bruce. I'm looking at your face on the Zoom, man. I heard your voice when we did the audio check. You are here, bro. You know, I done knocked out a couple of episodes, man, because I'd be up late at night, stuff. Be, I'd be like, I, I need to talk about this. But what's up, Isaac? How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm well and I'm blessed, man. I'm so happy to be back here in my seat in the uh, cockpit on the passenger side, uh, letting you take control, Doc. You drive it, man, and uh, I'll be looking out for you and and making sure we we're on the uh, on the correct path, man. So uh, very ple- pleased to be here again, right here in my seat, man. Man, hey, I I know you was pleased to be in your seat yesterday, and I was pleased to be in my seat yesterday and this past weekend because the NBA playoffs finally got started, bro. We had some play-in games, man, which were extremely entertaining. Now, there's a lot of playoff games going on. We got eight teams in each conference, man, and I ain't trying to go uh, through each game and talk about them. But one of the better games, bro, was the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Now, we know the Brooklyn Nets had to win a play-in game to get into the playoffs. They played Boston Celtics, man, on Sunday. Man, one of the best games, bro. Boston had a big lead, man. KD and Kyrie brought the Nets back. Uh, looked like they were going to win, bro, down one. I mean, up one with less than five seconds of play. Then Marcus Smart makes a great play. Dribbles, pump fakes, has a couple of nets. Go past the man, finds Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum grabs his spins, lays the ball up at the buzzer, man. Boston survives with the one-point win. But we know Kyrie used to play for Boston, bro. So Boston fans with dog, I mean, I'm watching them, dog. And I can only imagine some of the stuff that they were saying. But they was Kyrie said they were saying some of the most disrespectful, meanest things. So... What he said, he said, okay, I'm going to give you back what you give me. He threw the bird a couple of times. They saw him cursing, you know, cursing some fans out. Uh, and I'm one of those, bro, like, and we know Kyrie used to play there, so they booing him. They got a lot of uh, – uh, and they should have left his ass alone because he hit 39 points in 18 in the fourth quarter. They lost, but might want to leave dude alone. But Kyrie goes off on the fans, man. And I'm like, okay, cool, hell, Start giving them what they give you back because some of them say the most disrespectful and meanest, sometimes racist things, man, questioning your manhood, talking about your family. Uh, as far as you're concerned, Isaac, I mean, I'm pretty sure you saw what Kyrie said and did, man. How you feel about that, bro? Well, well Doc, we're talking about the NBA playoffs, man, and uh, this is the NBA's 75th year. So we've had these playoffs for 75 years now. And, you know, it's a great time to be playing basketball if you're a basketball fan to be watching these great athletes compete against each other. And you just talk about the firepower that's on the court in this series, Doc. You got KD, who, who many say is the best player in the world right now. You have Kyrie Irving that you mentioned. Not only that, but you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, shout out to St. Louis. And these guys are really going at each other, Doc. So um, just the, the, the action, the competitiveness that's happening on the court, Doc, it's one of those series that I would pay to go see these guys play against each other. Now, everything that's happening off the court, you know, Doc, we can expect that. Not only do we professional athletes train in the offseason physically, but we train ourselves mentally as well. We put up certain obstacles uh, uh, for our physical training, 
dummies, pads, guys who put us through some of the hardest training sessions to be prepared for what we're going to see on a court or on a field. Now, at the same time, we actually do mentally as well because we can be in a gym, we can be on a field where there's nobody, where nobody's there. So we have to fake or or, or, or put in that fake crowd of someone calling us out of our names or crowds being against us. If you're a Brooklyn net right now, you have to you know, imagine yourself being in uh, TD Garden in Boston playing against a hostile crowd. And what do you do in your training session? Do you, do you respond to them? Do you respond to the invisible voices that you hear? No, you don't. Doc, you gotta look at it this way. One of the greatest NBA players, one of the greatest humans, humanitarians that's ever played the game of basketball, played right there in Boston. And many times we didn't hear the atrocities, the, 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 the him being called out of his name or, or people breaking into his house and taking dumps on his bed until after he was done playing in Boston, that being Bill Russell. So that, it, it, I think it's always important to always know what battles to fight, what battles are yours and what battles aren't yours, and make sure that you're, you're there to go to Boston to do a job, to win games, to, to, to steal home court advantage and bring it back to Brooklyn. Not to respond to some fans who are just there to watch you play. I mean, it, it, takes, it takes a stronger man not to respond than someone else to go word for word, particularly, particularly, Doc, particularly, you know, as it's been reported, he's, he's, he's fasting, Kyrie Irving right now. He's, uh, he's uh, going through Ramadan right now. Uh, not only is he, but a lot of players through the NBA, Jalen Brown being another. I'm sure somewhere in there, it, it's, it's, it's about, crucifying the flesh and saying, flesh, no, you won't rise up today. I'm going to be my higher person and I'm going not, not going to respond. I'm going to let my play do the talking. So unfortunately, the Brooklyn Nets didn't get the job done and winning. He may have scored 39 points, but he took an L back to the locker room with him after game one. He did, man. But you know what? Let me tell you something, bro. That sounds good. And you are correct, man. I, I mean, I like because you're a very thoughtful guy. You've never been the one to get caught up in all your emotions, man. You just go out there and ball out, man. But I have a good friend, man. This guy's like a brother to me, man. I've been knowing him since 1992. Well, that's really 30 years, man. And one of the best things he always said, man, bump that. That's you. <laughs> man, bump that. You say something to me, bro. I'm giving you that work, man. You can't talk to me any kind of way, bro. You can't talk to me any kind of way, man. You want to curse me out, I'm going to curse you out, too. It is what it is, man, because a lot of these a lot of these fans, I come on, bro, you know. They used to just say, man, you sorry, you suck. Now they calling you Bs, they calling you Hs, they calling you MFers, they calling you all kinds of things, man. And my thing is this, bro. I mean, look, you pay, you pay money to come watch a game, right, to be entertained. Now, you don't pay to come verbally abuse me, man. You don't come pay, and we right there, not I. Now we can talk all this noise that we want to, bro. If that happened on if if football, if fans could be that close to football players, bro, it'd be some ass whooping going on because you know football players in a whole different mind, physicality and mental-wise. If they could sit that close to football players and talk all that noise, one of them cats would have been a snatched a couple of them, man, almost every game, bro. And my thing is that Shaq and Charles Barkley got on inside the NBA and Shaq, you gotta be the country professional. And you shouldn't do that. You should ignore and Charles Barkley say, yeah, yeah, all that crap, crap. Agreeing with Shaq, that Ky no, really getting on Kyrie's head, right? But Shaq was the main one 
Now, now Shaq said, bro, he used to intentionally throw the ball into the stand. So when fans talk noise, he would intentionally throw the ball into the stand so he can run over there and jump on them. And Charles, and not only that now, Shaq, this, hold on now. Like, Shaq said when he found out that the Lakers were trying to get rid of him, he drove his car to the Lakers facility. He was going to put hands on Mr. Cupcake. He was going to fight him. And Charles Barkley, we know he tried to spit on a fan, end up spitting on a little girl. And out of his own mouth said he went to, he was arrested eight times for hitting eight fans, for, for fans talking noise. Now, come on, bro. If that's not the height of hypocrisy, man, come on, Ike. I ain't, try, I, ain't, I ain't trying to tell you to say nothing about the Hall of Famers who in the basketball. But come on, bro. My whole thing is that, man, understand where this young man is coming from, bro. And don't get on TV talking about him when you know your ass at that age was doing pretty much the same thing, if not even worse, man. That's the problem I got with guys who are supposed to be giving them advice. Well, when you sit back and you reflect on things, Doc, I mean, you can you can sit back and analyze it. And, and you know, when you come to yourself, you you always have that same mantra. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't have done it. Listen, I could have I let that pass. He didn't touch me. I'm not. Listen, I'm a different person. If a piece of hand, a piece of... If a, if a person's hand just grazes you and you're having, you know, words with a person, it's a different story. Doc. You do everything to make sure that that person don't put his hands on you again. That's what I'm all for. But the, the, the greater side or the greater part of you has to raise up in those moments, especially when it's just being words thrown around you. Listen, I believe words are the most powerful thing that exists, period. But it, here's what I teach in my household. Listen. If they don't call you by your name, you don't have a right to answer. If they call you anything than what I call you, what I have labeled you as, you have you don't have a right to answer. So you can ignore them until I come to that spot. You know, so you can ignore them all you want to. So, but those guys, I think they're just going over uh, certain situations or, or or scenarios that they've been in where they have to ultimately doc be the bigger person i just can't run and put hands on every person that says something to me you know you brought it to the football field now when you're when you're playing and let's say you you play for the rams and you're playing the falcons you know those 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 defensive players that are out there trying to stop you they're calling you those same names but guess what you restrain yourself from putting your hands on them because you know it's going to cost you a 15 yard penalty not only that it's going to cost you a five thousand dollar fine if you're caught putting your hands on this guy outside the whistle, you see what I'm saying, Doc? So there is a level of self-control that's there. And that level of self-control not only extends to those players that you're playing against, but also the fans that are sitting in the stands. Just don't touch me, Doc. Self-control, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, said to entertain on Kings of Comedy, man. Can I, my, my, I, I ain't got it, man. I, I ain't got it. I ain't got it, but I got you, bro. Just like King David and Shemay throwing rocks at King David. King David want to jump on his head. King David like, you know, leave him alone, my guy. You know what I'm saying? That's coming from the most high. You know what I'm saying? But hey, King David went back. Hold <laughs> on. Right. King David went back and got, he had him got two now. You know what I'm saying? But I feel what you're saying, but bro, look, man, I, I ain't there yet, man. You say something to me, I'm saying, you know, come on, man. Hey, hell, man. But I'm, you know, come on, Shaq. You know, Barkley, man. Remember. Let's, let's, let's see, Doc. Let's see. Right. Let's see. Maybe, maybe if you're not there, what, what does it cost you? What does it cost you in the end? Because let's see, that last play that involved Jason Tatum, it involved uh, Kyrie Irving, 
And Kyrie Irving was on the end of a game-winning shot that went against him at the end. So I believe in holding your peace and let the Lord fight your battles, man. He fights your battles. I got you, but they also, you know, he also told Joshua, <laughs> I'm taking you over there, but y'all got to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So sometimes he tells you, throw these hands, man. <laughs> but I, I got you, bro. I mean, I'm with it. But Kyrie, hey, look, bro, I'm with you, dog. Forget that, man. You gave him the work. Hey, y'all the underdog anyway. They expecting Boston to win, man. So y'all took took him to the buzzer. So y'all better start respecting these grown men, these grown men. These grown men, because if you saw them in the streets, you wouldn't be saying none of that crap. That's no way in the hell you would be saying all of that. But speaking of the NBA playoffs, like I said, a great week, weekend of uh, first-round games, man. That was one of the better games. But we're looking at the NBA playoffs, man. And uh, we got in the West, we got the Jazz and the Mavs, the T-Wolves and the Grizzlies, the Warriors and the Nuggets, the Suns and the Pelicans. And in the East, we got the Sixers, Raptors, Heat, Hawks, Helters, Nets, Nets, Bucks, Bulls. Now, out of all those playoff series, bro, which one you least interested in watching? Because, I mean, I know it's one. I don't give a damn what happens. But which one are you least interested in watching? I know the, which, I know the one that's most important to you. I'm going to ask you that, too. But which one of those are you least interested in watching? Well, the one I'm least in- interested in watching, I, you know, I have to come up and I have to say Phoenix versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, you know, you're talking about the number one seed in the West who has been the number one seed, uh, you know, probably since the All-Star break. Uh, a, a, a team in the Phoenix Suns that played in the finals last year was up two to nothing over the Milwaukee Bucks before ultimately losing in the finals. And these guys are hungry. CP3, he's hungry. He's looking for his, his first title. Just going to the finals probably wasn't enough for him, but he wants to get his first title. They have players all over the court, playmakers, Booker being one of them. Bridges being one of the finalists for defensive players of the year. Uh, these these guys are hungry, man. So uh, uh, you got Monty Williams, who's probably going to be the NBA coach of the year. So this collective group of guys, they're really just really just uh, full speed ahead versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Now, I don't think any anybody who runs a podcast, who's on a podcast show or some other talking sports head has chosen the Pelicans to beat the Phoenix Suns. So I don't that's that's one of the series or one of the games that I probably won't extend my bedtime to stay up and watch, you know, particularly because it's on the east on the west coast. But I just think the the the, the Phoenix Suns are going to roll right through the, the, the Pelicans. I mean, they, I mean, the Pelicans are a young up and coming group. Uh, they're not uh, fully loaded, so to speak, right now with Zion being on the sideline. Uh, they have an up and coming coach and Coach Green. I think he did a tremendous job this year. Uh, bringing those guys from where they are, having them play in the play-in and ultimately be the eighth seed in the West. But as far as that series is concerned, Doc, man, I don't think that's a game, you know, I don't think that's a series where, you know, I'll lose any sleep or stay up and uh, try to try to find out, you know, what's happening. I'd rather listen to the run-pass option and, and get the final results of it. Yeah, man. Hey, you know, hey, Suns Pelicans, bro, I, I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why I like it because you got hoopers, man. You got dudes that are, of course, I expect the Suns to beat New Orleans, but, you know, New Orleans got Brandon Ingram. He be hooping, bro. They entertain you. They have some entertaining. Now, the, the, the playoff series, I don't give a damn what happens, bro, is the Jazz and the Mavs, especially with Luka Doncic, man. I don't give a damn what Utah is doing, dog. I don't care what Dallas is doing, especially since they ain't got Luka Doncic. He's hurt with, I think he got a calf strain or something. So that's the one I don't care what's going on. Jazz, Mavs, I, I, I really do not care. Even though Utah got a great young player, 
with my guy uh, Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley used to play for the Grizzlies. You know, he played, but I I, I don't care, bro. I mean, I, I don't care because the thing with Luka Doncic, he's a great, he's a skilled basketball player. He good, but you know, he it's not, it, it don't entertain me with his basketball skills. Some cats entertain you with that. He don't, he just, you know, he just solid. He hard to, uh, hard to guard. So uh, I don't give a damn what happens with them. But when you look at what's, what's going on, hey, Jazz, Mavs, T-Wolves, Grizzlies, and my Grizzlies, uh, damn, bro, we lost a Minnesota two-man game one, but that's least now. I know which, 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 what? Why are you looking like that? What, bro? They, they gave them that work? <laughs> well, well, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the Grizzlies, and I know, you know, our show is going on a Grizzlies site. So, uh, you know, per our contract, I mean, we may be contractually obligated to speak about the Grizzlies, but at the same time, we did let them know that we are objective fans. I mean, I mean, uh, we we watch basketball. We call it as we see it. And I felt like after game one in the Minnesota-Memphis series, uh, and once the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves ended up winning that game, I think, man, somebody's going to need to find a cardiologist in, in Memphis, man, before it's over with. Because I felt like I felt like Minnesota took their hearts, man. I mean, you're just looking at what Minnesota, what Minnesota has to bring. They have two first all number one picks in that and on on that team. You got Big Cat, and Big Cat is coming into his own. Doc, let's be real. Yeah. And then you have Ant Man. Ant Man is Dwayne Wade 2.0 with a jump shot. They feel like they're supposed to be here, man. They feel like Memphis has gotten a whole lot of whole lot of chatter during the year, but at the same time, they've kind of been under the under the uh you know, radar, and they are blossoming right before our eyes, Doc. And this is going to be one of these series, particularly game number two. This is a must-win game for for the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Let's be real. It is, man, but I I, want to correct you on something. Now, that we're not uh, contractually obliged to talk about anything. And for one, that's for one, for two, the contract hasn't received, hasn't been, we haven't received it yet. So, you know what I'm saying? We can put, and even when we do, we can talk about what we want to talk about. I love the Memphis Grizzlies, but they came in, man, and you you right, bro. They came in, sacked the best record in Grizzlies history. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, the highest seed, playoff seed in Grizzlies history, the number two seed in the West. And all we did was come in here, bro, in Minnesota. Not only did they score a franchise best 130 points, they scored a franchise best 41 points in the first quarter. And what you said about Anthony Edwards, dude is a damn problem bro what did he have 36 points dog six assists car anthony towns big cat 29 points 13 boards that's their big two our big two john Morant did this thing yeah 32 points eight assists but he went 16 to 20 from the field but they let me know they're gonna be physical with him they're gonna foul him and send him to the line so 16 of his 32 points came at the free throw line but our other big dogs aaron jackson jr 12 points and four boards. Now, he did have seven rebounds. I mean, seven blocks. But he just had 12 points and four boards. So, their big two went the hell off. Our big two, Ja doing this thing because Ja, I don't give Patrick Beverly, you good and you tough, but I mean, but he, I mean, he played tough. Patrick Beverly had 10 points. I think he had six assists or something like that. Nine, six assists or something. And I think D'Angelo Russell had, we got to keep forgetting about D'Angelo Russell. That dude was a baller. But you're right. They came in, man, and took it to the Grizzlies and as, as pumped as a FedEx form B, they shut they shut that mug down, bro. And Grizzlies got to be ready to play because them two young, them two young, them two young Royals, they not messing around, dog. 
Well, I'll tell you what, Doc. I mean, you know, you're from an era where you've seen the Memphis Grizzlies uh, when when the franchise was known as grit and grind. Yes. I think they're going to need a little bit more grit and grind defensively to kind of slow down these Timberwolves because for a team to come into your house and score 130 points, Doc, that, that breeds a lot of confidence for game two. So um, if they can find Tony Allen, they can find Zebo. I mean, have these boys come in the locker room, give a pep talk or something, because this is just not about the flash and the dash. It's about playing some defense and stopping some guys on that on that defensive end. It is, man. But, you know, and cats come in, bro, like I said, 41 points in the first quarter. That ain't, man, damn your grit and grind. Damn your FedEx form. I don't care nothing about what y'all talking about, bro. <laughs> that's that's the epitome of disrespect. That's the epitome. Like, I don't I, – we do not fear y'all. And John Morant is great, but Anthony Edwards, you right, dog. Whatever you called him. That's what that young cat is, man. And I don't see nobody stopping him. And we have to play better against Carl Anthony Towns. And the thing about the Grizzlies, man, they got to do better with uh, Stephen Adams. Got he didn't give him nothing, dog. No points, about three nothing. rebounds. Nothing. Big dog. You the vet on the you the playoff vet on the squad. You got to do better than that. So, uh, and let me ask you this, like, because the Warriors and I wasn't gonna even get, but I got it. Now the Warriors. They started, they beat the Nuggets, bro, 123 to 107. This is my thing. Now, we expect the Warriors to do what they do. They got Steph Curry. They the number three seed in the West. Now, Steph Curry played his first game in more than a month, but he came off the bench. He told, he's told, Curry, I'm going to come off the bench. Now, we know how deadly Steph Curry is from three, bro. Clay Thompson from three. But, bro, how, how fair is it that this Jordan Poole dude, this dude 30 points, Five or seven from three-point range, man. He led all NBA shooters. He led the entire NBA with 78 threes since March. Dog, if Golden State, if this dude is shooting threes like that too with Steph and Clay, dog, not only Golden State going to continue to be a problem this year, but, dog, I think they got another dynasty building, man. How scary is that, dog? Dog, listen, I think Jordan Poole was probably – the most improved player in the NBA this year. I mean, when Klay Thompson was coming back from his injuries and they inserted Jordan Poole, he was playing at an all-star level. So they tried to integrate uh, um, Thompson back into the lineup, which they should. I mean, one of the greatest shooters that this, this league has ever seen. But it took him a little while just to really get his groove back. I'm sure he hasn't gotten his leg completely back as of right now anyhow. But Jordan Poole, man, he just had a phenomenal season, Doc. I mean... Uh, uh, he's a guy who can create his own shot. He's there defensively, and he's shooting a high percentage from the three-point line. So just to have this guy inserted into the mix of things, what they do, it's a good problem to have, particularly in the playoffs, Doc, because, you know, you normally are fighting for positions, and you want to say, you know, every position is up in training camp, but this isn't training camp. This is where you have 14 to 15, 16 players on the team. They are saying coming, we're coming together to win 16 games this postseason. And it's by any means necessary. I don't care who scores the most points. I don't care where the production is coming from. But if we all just collectively get together on defense and really do what we need to do, the offensive guys will step up and, and, and they have so much offensive power, Doc. I mean, firepower uh, uh, from, from what they like to do beyond the three-point range. But then you have, you know, you have, you have Green. You have uh, Draymond Green, who's the facilitator. He's the catalyst of everything that they do. You talk about fair. I think they're of the mindset that they don't care who has it going offensively, just as long as we're putting that ball through the hole and we're collective on the defensive end, 
hey man, the uh, the Washington, the, I mean the uh, the Wizards, excuse me, the uh, the Warriors can be there and be at the very end of this thing, man. I just see these guys coming together at the right time, and man, they beat a really good Denver Nuggets team, man, a really good one by a lot of points with an MVP candidate on their squad. Thanks. Speaking of MVP candidates, bro, that's a great segue to the next segment, man. Because, but you're right though, because they put their defense on Nikola Jokic. Now, NBA awards finalists were announced, and you, you brought it up, MVP finalists. Now, you know, so these are the finalists. I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Bucks, Joel Embiid for the Sixers, Nikola Jokic, like you just said, from the Nuggets. I, I don't have any problems with that list. Don't have any problems with none of them names, any of them names being there because Embiid is unguardable. Giannis is just, I don't, I don't know where the hell he came from. And Nikola Jokic, he's just a big skill, big man. But my problem is this, man. You know, I'm here at the Grizz. I mean, I'm here at Memphis. And, you know, I'm a little pissed off at the disrespect that John Moran had on the list. Now, when I tweet that, fans be like, you should know that he hadn't played enough games and the Grizzlies won without him. Man, damn the game's minimum. He played enough. Bro, for the for, for the man for the young royal not to be on the list, I they got they got this dude on the most improved list. Man, get that dude been dude was the rookie of the year. Dude balled out last year. But when you look at the NBA NBA finalist list with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, do you it does anybody stuck out that's not on the list that you think should be on the list? Because I can't take either one of these names, these dudes off the list. No, I'm 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 okay with the uh with the three finalists that the NBA chose. I mean, it's not it's not the top five, but only the top three. Maybe Josh shows up at four, maybe at five on that list. But when you talk about these three guys and how they've led their team uh throughout the entire the entirety of the season, man, I mean, it's hard to argue. It's hard to say, you know, I don't think Giannis should be in there or Jokic should be in there. It's hard to say that Embiid shouldn't be where he is right now. I mean, it's, it's quite the contrary because these guys have been been at the very forefront of the MVP race all season long, leading their teams, uh, guys with high seeds right now, and they're 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 pushing towards the playoffs. So, um, you, when you look at Giannis and what he's accomplished this year, listen, he he won his first NBA championship last year, and you know, as as a, a former athlete, Doc, when you win a championship of that magnitude, man. You know, human nature is going to say, listen, you're going to celebrate a little bit. So your celebration is going to extend into the beginning of that next season. But for him to have the Bucks right in the same place that they were last year with a better personnel, I feel like I think he's well deserving not only of uh, being being considered uh, one of the NBA finalists, but I, that's my guy. I mean, that's my guy. If I, if I had a vote, he'd be the guy I'd be picking this year over MB and Jokic. I'm with you with Giannis, man. And another, all, all them damn fans, they got something to say. Well, you should know that John Morant didn't play enough games to be on the list and the Grizzlies played well enough when he played. Man, shut the hell up, man. That dude is a baller. Dude is cold and dudes, dudes should be on the list. Top three, top. I don't care. I don't care if they have played more than 20 or 30 games. So he should be on the but list. When you, but when you look at the Memphis Grizzlies are 18 and two without him, Doc, I mean, that's a, that's a huge strike against him, man. Let's be real. Look, man. You, you, the fact of the matter, Isaac, I understand why he ain't on the list, bro. I get it because they did play well with them. And my whole thing now, if the name of the if the name of the the award was the most outstanding player or most exciting player, you have to put him on there. So I understand it's MVP, most valuable player, which means if you take that player off of that team, how does the team play? 
So Ja wasn't on the Grizzlies, and they continued to ball out. Even in game one against the Timberwolves, they set them down. Grizzlies <laughs> went on the run. So I get it, dog. I get it. I understand why he ain't on it, but that still don't mean I ain't going to be pissed off about it and talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Because he's the most exciting player, most outstanding player. But MVP, I get why he ain't on there. But for the sake of me saying what the hell I want to say, damn y'all fans, man, they got something else negative to say about it. What, what, bro? What up? Look at this. You, I mean, you can't go into a contract negotiation, go to the table with, hey, man, I'm the most exciting player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't you can't go in there with that. I remember once upon a time, there was a Phoenix Sun. I believe he went to Michigan State. His name will come to me probably after the show. Richard Dumas. But he tra- yeah. No, that wasn't, no, that it, wasn't one, Dumas. That wasn't. it wasn't Dumas. It was, it was later than Dumas. I but I, he wanted to go to management and ask for a contract extension because he had won the slam dunk contest two times. <laughs> yeah, are, you, are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, man. I thought you were going to say, you know, I've taken my team at least to the Western Conference Finals, you know. But no, man, it, it doesn't work like that, Doc. I mean, exciting is exciting. You're just exciting doing what you're paid to do. So, John ja Morant, I think he's one of those up-and-coming players. But it is very glaring that the Memphis Grizzlies went 18-2 and two without him this season. I got you, man. But still, dog, man, Cole, hell, they, they still wouldn't be what they are without dude. So people can say what they want to say. Man, that dude is outstanding now. I ain't going to go through all the damn list. But one, now you got to agree with me. Defensive player of the year, bro. The three three, three finalists now. Mikael Bridges from the Suns. Rudy Gobert from the Jazz. Marcus Smart from the Celtics. Now, help me understand this, Isaac. Jaron Jackson Jr. leads the NBA in block shots, my guy. He just had seven in the first game of why the hell he ain't on there? So what we got to say about that, bro? Why the hell Jaron Jackson Jr. is not a – dog, isn't, isn't block shots – isn't that the ultimate defense? You're literally stopping a shot from going in. Well, I think the biggest offense is this, Doc, that the Memphis Grizzlies naturally don't get the recognition that yes. I think they deserve, particularly because they're number two seed. They're number two seed over the entire of the, of the NBA season. They were for a very long time. So – they don't get many national TV games, man. So that's unfortunate. So you don't get an opportunity to see the Jaron Jackson as much. He may be in the same situation as Ja He may be on the finals list if it were five guys. He may be number four or, or number five where he should be. But at the same time, when you look at these guys like Bridges for the uh, Phoenix Suns, you're talking about a guy who covers these wings, who can, who can lock these wings up. Uh, and, and, you know, the wing position in the, in the NBA right now is one of the most premier position to be playing because they shoot the, the multitude of threes uh, they, with their dribble drive. And you have to stop these athletic guys from getting to the rim. He's done a great job at that. So uh, if he wins, it, like I said, if I had a vote, he'd be my guy this year. I'm choosing for that for that. And plus, at the same time, they have more exposure in Phoenix from playing in, in an NBA finals last year with superstars like CP3 and with Booker. That's pushing these guys to the front. So you get to see them a lot more. And, and, and guys who vote for these guys, they get to see them a lot more. And unfortunately, that's how it happens. Man, these damn dudes, man, these dudes that vote for them, they got, they got, fuck, they got, I almost cursed. Man, they got smartphones. Pull it up and streaming, man. Y'all can see them dudes play, man. Go on YouTube. They put every game on YouTube. But anyway, come on, man. That's a travesty that Jaron Jackson Jr. is not on. He's, he should, it shouldn't even be no finalist list. He should get the award right now. Everybody else should be on finalist list. And, now, you got to agree. Now, most improved, Darius Garland with the Cavs. And I, I got to give it to dude because, dude, yeah. I, he wasn't doing none of this yeah. last year. He was, you know, but, yeah. you know, Colin Sexton goes out. That dude balling. 
Dog, DeJounte Murray with the Spurs, and he been playing what? But then how the hell you put John Morant? Dog, to me, that's disrespectful, bro. To put John Morant on the most improved player list, that's that's damn more disrespectful than keeping him off NBA finals like he wasn't a hooper last year or something, bro. Well, that, what I can say to that is that, you know, as a player, as a person, you never stay the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. To me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a con- congratulations uh, note for John Morant to be on that list. That means that he's taking his game from one level where it was last year, and he's taking it to the next level. I do believe that this year was the first year that he made the All-Star team, and he was a starter, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, to, to make that, that big of a leap from where he was last year to a Western, a Western all-star starter, Doc. That's huge, man. So you you couldn't you couldn't leave him out of that. He could be a finalist, but not a three-man finalist, but one of the finalists of top five finalists for the NBA MVP award. And he's also one of the most improved players. So I mean he could have had the trifecta. We know he won't win the MVP, but he probably win this uh most improved award this year. Yeah, man. And speaking about winning stuff, bro. Oh, NFL, man, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, draft coming up. I ain't really too much to talk about, man, until the draft. Cause we can sit here and go through. Cats go, they just be wanting something to talk about on TV. They go through team by team who they should draft, yada, 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 get their little information from the GM so they can go and push their little narrative or whatever. But my thing is this, man. You know, anytime I see stuff pop up, and I've been, you a receiver. I mean, one of the best to ever play. Now, we got several receivers now that they've been – they got that loop. Tyreek Hill got that loop. Devontae Adams got that loop. Cats been getting that loop this offseason. So a couple of other cats who hadn't got that loop yet, they, they like, you know what? I'm going to tell you what. I need to get paid. 49ers Debo Samuel is one. He said, I'm not coming to no offseason workouts till you give me more money. A.J. Brown with the Titans is another. He said, I'm not coming to no workouts till you make me, give me some more money. Give me another contract. Terry McLaurin as well. I'm not coming to no workouts. You give me more money. I know you under, understand where they're coming from, and I feel them too, bro. Because Debo and a well, every last one of them deserve to get that loop. They deserve to get that contract reworked, reworked. And I don't watch AJ Brown too much, but I know he a baller. Even though I'm here in Memphis, he's the Titans. And Terry McLaurin, I know. But if anybody on that list has a damn gripe, bro, all of them do. But Debo, <laughs> man, if they don't pay this dude, man, but did you see what Debo tweeted? Talking about the same fans that's who ride him. We love you, Debo. Now that he didn't scrubbed all the 49 and stuff off his social media platform and he asking them for more money, now he the N-word. Now he all kinds of B's and H's, according to Debo. But, bro, they need to pay these dudes, man. And I ain't mad at him for holding out, bro, because it's a business. You got to go get it when you can get it. Oh, absolutely, Doc. I mean, listen, the three guys that you named, listen, aside from their stats and the money that they're making, I think all three were voted captains by their teammates for this past football season. So, you know, leadership is important. The leadership part of it, of having your guys in for the offseason workouts is important. And management wants to see it. The head coaches, they want to see everybody engaged and everybody connected together, even from the springtime. They want they want guys in so they can, you know, probably if they have to teach this, this the offense that they, they ran last year over again, Everybody can be there and practice it. So, Doc, it's important. The business part of what we do professionally, it's important that it gets taken care of before these guys go over there. And you got to remember this, Doc. These are voluntary workouts. That means they're not mandatory. 
You don't have to be there. There's only one weekend in the off season where every person has to show up at their respective cities uh, and, and get with their teams to do a, a mandatory minicamp. That only happens once every spring. So these workouts are voluntary. So if, if a guy decides to scrub his, his, uh, his Instagram, his Facebook of all pictures and everything related with the team that he's with, it's his prerogative. He can do that. He's letting you know where he stands. He's letting you know that he knows that it's a business decision. And he has to get taken care of. Debo, Debo Sanders, uh, Doc, I think every time on other shows, uh, when we were talking football players, we mentioned the name Debo Sanders last year, man, because he's just a phenomenal football player. He can do more than what you ask him to do. He can line up outside, line up in a slot. You can give him a, a 80 press running the ball downhill uh, behind an offensive line. He's just that type of football player. And he's right up there with me to – uh, a Cooper Cup. When you mentioned in Cooper Cup and the things that uh, how important he is to an offense, Debo Sanders is just as important, if if not more important than what a Cooper Cup is to the Los Angeles Rams. You damn right, man. Forty nines. I better get Debo Samuel his money, bro, because this is what he's looking at. That's what I was. I just because I wanted to get the numbers right. Devontae Adams, man, got traded from Green Bay to the Bakers. You got five years, one hundred and forty million. Okay. Then Tyreek gets the four-year, $120 million, million deal after he, Kansas City traded him to Miami. Then Stefan Diggs gets the four-year extension from the deals for $104 million. So, you know, Debo tweeted out then, oh, okay then. <laughs> so he wants that loop, bro. And looking at this, this is Cooper Cup, four years, $113 million. Terry McLaurin, four years, 97.7. DK Metcalf, four years, 97. AJ Brown, four years, 91. Debo, four years, 90. Yeah, bro. That's the market valuation. So, yeah, get the money, man. Pay that dude 49ers, especially Debo, because I don't see any more. I don't see many receivers in the NFL that can do what dude do, because dude play, dude, he plays running back too. So, play Debo Samuel, Titans, play, uh, pay AJ Brown, and uh, y'all give Terry McLaurin his money as well. Before we wrap it up, man, I want to, USFL kicked off. And guess what, man? I don't give a damn. I, I, I mean, I, I'm glad to see these young, these players get a chance to go out there and play football, but. Bro, how many how many times they gonna give us spring football? How many times we have to tell them, the fans? And I'm a fan, even though I'm a I'm a fan, I'm a former player. But how many times do we have to let these people know we are not interested in professional football in the spring, bro? So the USFL <laughs> kicked off again. They're using the original names, but Ike, all the games in Birmingham, bro. And I, yeah. I just cut one game on yesterday, and I'm like, it was about ten fans in the stands, man. Bro, why they keep giving us spring professional spring football, man? When it's obviously we, it's obvious that we don't give a damn. Well, football is so big in America, Doc, and we've on many occasions attempted to fill that, you know, that 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 void we think we may have in the spring, and try to give, you know, the fans another another program. To I think the biggest difference about this USFL is that is the networks are own they own the teams. So they, they own the New Jersey Generals. They're the owner of it. So they're going to have a platform, a place to play, and it's going to be uh, produced on television networks that fans can have an opportunity to watch it. But, but, but bigger than that, Doc, I still think it gives these guys, these fringe players, these fringe quarterbacks, defensive linemen, wide receivers, opportunities, man, to have film. And as you know, when in, in this arena, this world we call professional sports and professional football, when you go and interview for, for jobs, you don't go in just like a regular 
you know, civilian and sit down in your, your three-piece suit and says, this is what I can do, this is what I can bring to your team. What you do is you send the tape. You send the tape in and say, listen, look at my get off. Look at the way I can, I can block these defensive ends. Look at the way I can, uh, I can read a defense. I can cut a defense in half. And look at my, my arm strength. I still have the ability to make plays. So, you know, these guys have another opportunity with these, what, eight teams to go out and get more film so they can stay ready, stay game ready, and stay mentally prepared. So if that call comes, man, and they, they need you on the highest level of football, they can implement you in plug and play. Now I'm happy that I'm happy about that that these you know these young fellas getting another chance to put something on tape to hopefully get to the NFL. But bro, I don't man. come on man. I'm straight. Man. I just wait, man. Let me wait till the fall. I ain't trying to watch that. Give me a break. Yeah, give me a break on that. But this one last thing, bro. Did you did you ha- did you happen to see anything that Errol Spence did to uh, your Dennis uh, uh, Ugas in a no, welterweight uniform? Unfortunately, bro, I didn't. Dude. My brother, man, y'all better, y'all, I'm going to tell you something right now. Y'all better leave Earl Spence Jr. alone. I don't give a damn even if they pay y'all to go fight the dude. Because your Dennis Ugas is great fighter, bro, but he was dealing with a pugilist specialist like Lennox Lewis used to call himself. Dog, <laughs> Spence, man, what? hey, what's the most polite way I can say this? Man, he beat the hell out of dude, dog. Now, Ugas is tough Cuban, tough dude, man, tough, tough brother. But he didn't stand a chance, bro. Dog, Spence, Spence places his punches and able and able to place his punches, man, almost like he got GPS coordinates on his hand to your face or your body. Because any way he wants to hit you, he's going to hit you. Like me, he hit this dude with an uppercut in the seventh, seventh uppercut in the seventh round, bro. A left uppercut. Hit him in his main, broke his right eye socket. Now, broke his, but this is what I got to get a Ugas. Spence broke his eye socket. That's like the second time he broke somebody's eye socket. So that little skinny dude, I'm telling you, he will put, he will beat the brakes off of you. <laughs> but my thing about Ugas, bro, is that I mean, I may fought three more rounds before the referee finally had to stop it, bro. How tough is that? Now, Earl Spence won. He's 28 0. I think that's his 22nd knockout, 20, something like that. So 22nd knockout, something like that. He's undefeated. I mean, right, you know. And, but dog, how tough you got to be, bro, to have your ice socket broken and still fight three more rounds? Because you know boxes, oh, they coming at that joint. If it's broken and hurt, because it was it was closed up, man. He was looking. I ain't laughing at you, who guys, but you almost look like Marty Mart, man. When Marty Mart fought Thomas Horns, you ain't look as bad, but that's what I thought about it. I was totally closed. But how tough is it, bro, to continue to fight after having your ice socket broken, man? Well, you know, to me, it's it's it's. Jack Youngblood-ish, man, playing on a broken uh, leg in the Super Bowl, man. But, you know I mean, Doc, I mean, it's, it's, it's what those guys do, man. And it's, uh, uh, it, it's some punishment that, that only a few people, you know, walking this planet can, can put themselves through or dish out at the same time. But, you know, as for Errol Spence, man, I mean, he called out Terrence Crawford. Yes. I mean, I think that's the fight that everybody wants to see. Terrence Crawford responded. Now, just like Mr. Debo Sanders and those other guys looking to get paid, you got to take care of the business part first, and then we can step into the ring and let our skill set speak for ourselves. Yeah, and hey, man, and hey, look, you're right. Hey, Errol Spence Jr., I'm going to call you Jr. because you got a daddy that's Errol Spence Sr. So Errol Spence Jr., Terrence Crawford, man, quit playing to get this done, man. 
because Earl Spence Jr., as much as I love you, bro, and how you fight, I almost equally love the way Terrence Crawford fights, too, because that, mm, we got to make that happen, man. Speaking from a dude that used to box and a dude who likes to fight, I have great, who used to like to fight. Now, I will fight you. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like old dude now. I'm like, ah, get out of here, man. Just don't put your hands on me. What you say? Hold on, hold on, man. It's only so much you can say, though. Only so much you can say before you get these hands. But anyway, Earl Spence Jr. and Terrence Crawford, man, please make this happen. And Earl Spence, salute to you, man. And, oh, man, salute to your beautiful family, too, man. I just saw your beautiful kids and your wife. Salute to you, man. And Terrence Crawford, your beautiful kids and your wife. You know, Nebraska, y'all. Terrence, you from Nebraska? Earl from Texas? Y'all right there in the same damn area, man. Make this happen, man. Make this fight because this is what we want to see. But any, right, anything else you want to add, man, before we get out of here, bro? That's it, man. Awesome show, Doc. I'm so happy to be back on RPO, man. It's awesome, man. Awesome time. RPO, man. Yes, because, yeah, bro, we own this joint. It's mine. So, yeah, and we can talk about all sports. That's what I like about Ron Pass Option, bro. I, you know, hell, I should have, I should have, we never should have never stopped it, man. You know, but it, it, we did it a year, you know, started three years ago. I was like, man, you know what, man? You know, I started Monday like Kane Daddy used to do. Bang! But now we back, bro. Now we back. But that's going to do it for another great episode of the Run Pass Option with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday. We talk sports because we know sports. We out. <laughs>